Welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Miles. The Building Excellence Podcast is all about sharing inspiring stories from some of the most successful athletes, coaches, business minds, and thought leaders to help you build excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. We hope this show provides you with tremendous value. If you find the show impactful, please share with a friend and on social media, as well as subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Now let's get to the show and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. Today, I've got a special guest. Excited to have Andrew Denton with me. He's an entrepreneur out of Australia. He's also the founder of Kingdom Builders, wrote a book called Kingdom Builders, and also is an elder at Hillsong Church in Australia. So we're excited to have you today, Andrew. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's great to be here with you, Bailey. I'm uh, always excited to talk to people who have the same mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of give us some background to you and growing up and, and what that was like for you. Well, that's a big story. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I've been a, in a Christian family my whole life. My father was a pastor. His father was a pastor. Um, that's why I'm not a pastor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love pastors. I just don't want to be one. Um, and in fact, when I was 21 years old, I had a pastor, um, uh, I had a prophet prophesy over me that the mantle for ministry that was on my father and my grandfather, that same mantle would be on me. But what I would do, not everyone could do. Now, I got to tell you, Bailey, that actually frustrated me for a while because I thought, well, that's a little weird, you know. Um, why would, let's say, to have the mantle ministry, but it's not the same as what they would do and not everyone would do it because isn't the only ministry there is, you know, is to be a pastor. And I knew I didn't want to be a pastor, you know. Well, you know, um, 10 years later at age 31, you know, I, I sort of worked out, you know, the reason what it was all about. In the meantime, what happened, you know, I, I'd, um, as I grew up in a, in a pastor's family and um, I'd left school at age 15. Um, why? I hated school. I, <laughs> I'm a surfer, Bailey, and I, I uh, from my front door to the surf was two minutes and I could surf before school, after school, and definitely during school. You and went to surf school, yeah. I went to surf school. <laughs> But I knew I had to get a job and, you know, I didn't have much thought Peyton, as to what I was going to do growing up in the 60s and 70s and the Pentecostal preachers kid, you know, Jesus was coming next week anyway, so it didn't matter, you know, um, we weren't looking to the future. So I literally went to a careers night and I found out which apprenticeship paid the most and it was a plumber and I said, I'll do that. That's the, that's the only thought I went into my career, Bailey. It was very, very, very shallow. And so I set out to become a plumber. And at 16, one year later, I met my now wife. And um, she, she came from New Zealand, actually. And um, she said to me, Andrew, what's your five-year plan? And I said, what's a five-year plan? <laughs> and she said, you know, what are your dreams? What are your goals? What are your desires? You know? And, you know, I didn't have any. Well, I, I just I never was never looked at the future. As far as I could look forward was Saturday to go for a longer surf. Yeah. And um, so I had a lot of a lot of work to do. 
but by age 18, I um, bought my first house here in Sydney. And by 20, I was married, 21, father. By 26, we had all three kids. And I was very quickly on the grind, as they say. Um, this is by now the 80s, early 80s. And um, the, I don't know what the interest rates were like in, uh, in America at that point, but in Australia, we hit, we hit 18% on our mortgages. Mm -hmm. And 18% on your mortgages when you're the only breadwinner because your wife's having babies um, was pretty tough. And I was working a full-time job in two other businesses. And I was working from 6.30 in the morning till probably about 10.30 each night. And I did that for six days a week, sometimes seven. And my life, Bailey, was completely and utterly out of balance. I mean, completely. Um, I was still a Christian. I was still in church. I'm still at, I'm at Hillsong Church. It wasn't called Hillsong then. It was called Hills Christian Life Center. But, you know, I was uh, <laughs> fully surrendered to God for 15 minutes, you know, with my hands in the air on a Sunday morning. But Monday to Saturday, I was doing my thing, you know. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought I was, I thought I was all in for God, but I definitely was not all in for God. And I remember one day I came home from work to just have some dinner so then I could get back out to work again. And my wife made a statement to me and she said, Andrew, you know, I'm a single mother with three kids. And I was a bit frustrated with that. I said, what are you talking about? You know, you're married to me. And she said, doesn't change the fact, Andrew, I'm a single mother with three kids. And I said, I'm here. She said, no, Andrew, you're never, ever here. All you ever do is work. You know, guys who are listening, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, what do you, yeah, we're, we're, I'm working, I'm doing this for the family. And she says, family, Andrew, do you realize we haven't had a holiday for eight years? Hmm. And at that point, you know, I knew I'd lost the argument. And uh, so I did what most guys would do. I <laughs> walked outside, got in my truck and drove down the road. <laughs> but, you know, I only got a, a few kilometers down the road and I pulled over and I don't mind admitting Bailey, I cried like a baby. I thought, Andrew, what are you doing? You've got a beautiful wife, you've got a stunning wife, three great kids, but you're throwing it all away. My problem was that I just knew that I was doing everything on Andrew's purpose and not on God's purpose. You know, I knew the Bible from front to back. I really did. You know, growing up with a Pentecostal pastor's kid, we didn't have a TV, they were evil. And so, you know, I used to read a lot. And I'd read the Bible from front to back many times. I really had. I'm at, I've listened to, I've been to church every Sunday in my life. I'd listened to many, many sermons. I'd heard every promise there ever was in the Bible. I could believe them for the pastor, the professional Christian. I just couldn't believe them for me, the plumber. But, you know, I, I realized I had to find my purpose. And I remember reading in Matthew 7 about asking, seeking, and knocking. And I can tell you, Bailey, if you haven't uh, actually got down on your knees and cried ugly tears. You haven't asked hard enough. And I got to tell you for three weeks, just three weeks, three lousy weeks, I asked, seek the knock. I prayed like I've never done before in my life. And I got my answer on the fourth weekend. Um, to give you an understanding of where Hillsong Church is, everyone sees Hillsong Church today, this global phenomena. But at that point in time, our church was 14 years old and we didn't own a building. Most people don't know that, you know. We were already the largest church in Australia, but we didn't even own a building. We we're just renting everywhere. And it was frustrating the living daylights out of Brian. And he's praying prayers like God sends multimillionaires, please, you know, <laughs> to help pay for this. 
And God sent back to him real quick and said, no, you raise them up. And he's like, how do I, I don't know how to raise millionaires, you know? Anyway, this fourth weekend of my praying for three weeks just happened to be a men's camp. Hillsong's only ever had one men's camp, Bailey. Only ever one. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> but it was a momentous men's camp because at that men's camp, Pastor Brian preached a message on the centurion who comes to Jesus and asks him to heal his servant. You know, that story is a pretty famous story. Mm-hmm. If you recall, Jesus is like ready to go heal him. And, and the centurion says, whoa, hold on. Firstly, I'm not worthy for you to even come to my house. But secondly, you know, you don't need to come. You just say the word and my servant will be healed. And if you recall, Jesus was amazed at his faith, but the centurion didn't see it as faith. He just saw it as authority. He said, I'm a man of authority. I'm a man under authority, but I'm a man of authority. I said, this one go, he goes, this one come, he comes, this one do that, do that. And just say it, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. And Pastor Brian's looking at this and he says, this is amazing. This centurion's got 100 men who'll do whatever's required. You know, not as robots, but as willing participants for the cause of Rome. He says, guys, remember he's at a men's camp. Guys, as you've seen your past, I've worked out what I'm looking for. I need 100 men, 100 men who'll do whatever's required. Not as robots, but as willing participants for the cause of Christ. Now, I've got to tell you, I'm sitting on the front row that day, not because of anything special. In fact, I was far from special. My life's a mess, remember? Why am I sitting there? I needed to hear from God. I was, I was so hungry to hear from God. And my heart was beating at that point, thinking, wow, okay, maybe this is me, this is me, this is me. Then he said in the next breath, and this is American 1996, so 26 years ago, a long time ago. And he says, okay. And the first thing this group's going to do is we're going to raise a million dollars over and above normal tithes and offerings. Well, I got to tell you, honestly, you know, everything just clicked for me then. And I said, okay, all right, this is me. Now, I had no clue how I was going to do anything. I could do the math and I couldn't work. I, I had no clue I was going to make, work that, make that work out. But yeah. I remember I walked up to Brian afterwards and I put my hand out and I said, I'm in. And I'm sure he looked at me, Bailey, and thought, well, it's nice, Andrew, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and my life's a mess. But, you know, I got a few men around Brian. We prayed for him. And that's how Kingdom Builders started in 1996. And I can tell you now that Kingdom Builders is the single biggest reason that Hillsong is in over 30 countries around the world now. Um, Because if you know anything about your normal tithes and offerings, the weekly tithes and offerings is what's renting the facilities, you know, Um, hopefully paying the pastors and staff salaries. It's the day-to-day keeping the church running. But the, the over and above monies, which is what Kingdom Builders is, is what opens you know campuses across your city you know across your state across your country across the world and so it was from that day that our church went global but yeah it was a huge huge step for me and i had to go home that day after i've had my epiphany and explain to my wife what i thought we're going to do (laughs) fortunately for me um it was easy for her to come on board because she'd just been waiting for me to catch up, you know. And um, But what did it mean for me, really? Well, I think for the first time in my life, I actually had to take a faith step that was spelled R-I-S-K. 
mm. a faith step. You know, I, I could talk Christianese with the best of them, but I have to take a faith step that relied on God, not Andrew. I always had, you know, two and three backup plans, you know, but sure, I had to get to the sure. point where I had to rely wholly on God. And for me, that meant I had to change what I was doing. And I know I, I, I quit one of my businesses and, I, you know, I worked a third less that year, took my family on holidays and, you know, just changed everything. And yet that first year, you know, when it came around to, to that offering, you know, we had that check in our hand. And I remember 26 years ago to be a kingdom builder, the minimum was a $5,000 back then. It's actually still $5,000 which I think is pretty cool. But I remember having that check and just thinking to myself how exciting it was to give that, you know, because as I said, I, we've been tithers all our life. Some mm -hmm. of your listeners, Bailey, might think that tithing's giving, tithing's not giving, tithing's just bringing back to God what's already his. Giving starts after that. And this is our first sacrificial giving we'd ever done. And, and it, was, it was quite scary, you know, dropping that $5,000 check in the bucket, you know. But it was so exciting because we'd literally seen God turn up and we changed everything. And I remember saying to my wife, hey, babe, let's do this again. And um, so one year later, just fast forward one year later, I remember driving to church, got the kids in the car and saying, hey, guys, you know, mum and dad are writing the biggest check of our lives today. Last year, God blessed us with a $5,000 check. This year, we're writing a $15,000. And... Um, <sighs> And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, this is amazing. You know, um, we had to treble what we gave last year. And it's just exciting. It's just as scary. Yeah. What I had to realize, Bailey, was exactly the same faith. The same faith to give 5,000. Here we were giving 15,000. You know, within a couple of years, we wrote a check for 80,000. A couple of years after that, 240,000. Now I'm really starting to work out, you know what? This trust in God stuff works. Yeah. So you can't you can't tell me that it doesn't work. I know it works. I know it works. And um, but you know the hardest check I've ever written is that first five thousand because it was the first one. Mm -hmm. And actually, it went towards building Hillsong's first building. And um, we thought we'd build a stadium, but of course, it's just a small building these days. And actually, the youth use it and trash it. But. Um, <laughs> um, I remember being there on the opening night. We, my wife and I stood in a long line to get in there and we got a seat in the nosebleed section, you know, because why we were so proud, we're given our 5,000. And I remember the night there was a prophecy and the prophecy said that Hillsong would see multiple million dollar gifts come in. And um, Aussies can get pretty excited when they need to as well, Bailey. And uh, there was a standing ovation and it went for a long time. I know it went for a long time because my wife and I had a conversation through it. And the conversation, my wife elbows me. I'm clapping away like an idiot, like everybody else, looking around the room thinking, man, who's the crazy guy who's going to write a million-dollar check? That's just nuts, you know? Remember, I'd just given 5000 uh -huh. And she elbowed me, and she says, you know, I hope that doesn't mean that some multimillionaire is going to get saved and write that check. And I remember looking and thinking, well, that works, doesn't it? You know, like, that, that'll be right. She goes, no, no. She says, wouldn't it be better if it had been a couple who had trusted God, who had taken the faith steps, you know, done the yards and God blessed them and they wrote the check. I'm still clapping like everybody else. Says, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> little did I know, little did she know, but the Holy Spirit was speaking through her that night. 
You know, it was only eight years later, Bailey, only eight years, and eight years at my age is not long. <laughs> um, with my brother in our business, we wrote that million dollar check. And I'm telling you, was it scary? Yeah, you bet it was. Was it exciting? Too right. But i tell you what, it was exactly the same faith. I mean that, the same faith to write a $5,000 check to write the million dollar check. The difference was that we'd grown. We, we, we had, God had tested us, you know. Um, I think actually at a point where God could actually trust us that he could, he could put us in a position where we could give the million and know that it wasn't about Andrew. <laughs> it, was about, it was about trusting God. And, um, and so, you know, um, yeah, the rest is history, you know? Um, so we, you know, we just continued to be kingdom builders for all that time. And you know, as so we've seen the our church grow and grow and grow and, and eventually, um, Pastor Brian asked me to become one of the elders. And I remember thinking, you know, well, what does that look like as an elder? What does an elder do, you know? And if you look in the Bible, it talks about spiritual oversight. I, I, I absolutely see kingdom builders as a spiritual ministry. And, um, you know, when I, I, I then started to, travel the world and I, I launched kingdom builders and pretty well every one of our Hillsong campuses in the world and many other churches besides. And it was reminded of me one day I was, I don't know where I was flying, maybe into Moscow or somewhere. And, and that, then that prophecy that I had at 21, you know, that, that mantle for ministry that would be on my father and that would be on me and that the ministry that I would do, not everyone could do. And here I was, you know, um, all these years later now, traveling around the world, you know, and, and just and just teaching people about kingdom builders and how to be generous and, and to trust God and to go all in for him. And it was like, wow, okay. I wish I'd grasped that at 21 though, Bailey. I really do. But um, I had a lot to learn. That's the difference. But I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to teach people to... Um, to uh, to, to get it all sorted in their younger years. They don't have to be as, uh, they don't have to wait, waste as many years as I did, you know? Oh, sure. Man, mm. what, what a powerful story though. Just that whole, the whole uh, story is just tremendously powerful. And, you know, going back into early, maybe before you kind of had that uh, epiphany where you went to the conference and had that understanding of your purpose was there a sense of discontentment in what you were doing in your work? Because you were working long hours, you know, and I, oh, in the ideal world, people, there's many people that can probably relate to, you know, yeah. putting in tons of tons of hours and working hard and maybe not seeing the results that they want to see. Frustrated. Oh, totally. I was, I was extremely frustrated. I think I was, I think when I look back at it, I was just constantly tired because well, I just worked so hard. Mm -hmm. And I think you just get in a rut. I was in a rut, you know, as I say, not having a holiday for eight years, that was the stupidest thing I ever could have done, you know? Um, but I used to say I couldn't afford to, you know, but, um, you know, I'd set myself up, you know, we lived in a nice house and all those sort of things. And that's only because I worked hard, but I'd just been taught to work hard, not to work smart hmm. and certainly not to trust God. And, um, and there was, there was the issue. And, and it was funny that, 
you know, a few short years later, I mean, a few short years later, you know, we're writing $200,000 checks, you know, um, I hadn't been making that much money in a year before, you know, and, uh, and, and it just came down to me making a decision to trust God. And, and, and it was as really as simple as that. And uh, I, I like to call it the all in life, you know, and um, I mean, my uh, book Kingdom Builders, the subtitle is really what it's about, how to live an all in life that turns vision into reality. And, you know, I believe that it's the pastor's job to set the vision, um, but it's the kingdom builders who make it a reality. And, um, and we set the pace for how quick we're going to see our pastor's vision become reality. And so I was pretty blessed that my pastor had a massive vision. And um, so I believe that his vision is what turned me into a multimillionaire. Hmm. Well, when, I found, when I found my purpose for it. So. Absolutely. Well, why do you think it's so tough for people to go all in because you talked about yes it's it's a simple thing just to let go and and give it to god and trust in him and and live all in but why do we continually try to keep grasping uh our own our own desires our own ambition over giving it all in uh to the mission of of what god's Uh, well it it really is as simple as the fact that we don't trust god (laughs) yeah (laughs) see if we actually trusted god you know um we would take those real faith steps spelt, you know, R-I-S-K. And there is a risk, but it's calculated. It's a calculated risk, you know. Um, you know, like I say this to people when they're, when they're talking about, you know, how do I know, okay, take that face, how much, how much I'm going to give this year, how much I'm going to pledge to give this year. I say, well, it's, it's simple. You know, in business, we have a term, don't we, called due diligence. Due diligence is about making a calculated, researched, informed choice, wise choice. But in business, you can't wait till you've got 100% of information to make that call. You've got to make that call on about 75%. By the time you get 100% of information, you've missed opportunity. It's gone. And so you've got to get good at making calls on 75%. Now, there's this 25% chunk that you know, you're not quite sure of. But 75% is pretty good. And so that's what I call that. That's a calculated risk. Okay. Now in business, if you made a call on 7% of information, that'd be stupid. Yeah. But Christians do it all the time and call it faith. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They do. They call it faith. What I know is this. See, you write down a number and you say, you know what, God, I got 75% of that covered. But that 25%, I'm going to need you to show up. I'm going to need favor. I'm going to need opportunity. I'm going to need the wealth of the wicked laid up for the righteous. Mm. But if you write down a number and you know you can only cover 7% of it this year and you're expecting God to come up with a 93, that's just been stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, could, God, could God come up with a 93? Of course you could, Bailey. Sure, absolutely. But, but, but in my, uh, <laughs> in my experience, he won't because he wants to teach you some wisdom, you know. Sure. Some wisdom on how to do those things. And so I think, I think the whole idea is that people, their idea of a face step, my idea of a face step, I was frozen with fear. Okay. About taking a face step because I thought a face step was a giant leap of a 10 story building that was on fire over a crocodile full gorge. You know, if I didn't make it, I was going to die. 
Well, that's just another lie of the devil. It's just not. It's just one step in front of one step in front of one step. When you you look at my story, here I was given $5,000, but only eight years later, we're given a million dollars. Can I tell you, Bailey, if God had shown me at the $5,000 mark what I had to go through the next eight years to give a million, I would have quit. Yeah. <laughs> too hard, man. Too hard. But he didn't. He didn't. He just said, in, take another step, take another step, take another step. And over hundreds, no, probably thousands of little steps, not four years, not six years, not even six, but eight years later, with the same faith to give 5,000, we could give a million. So this is the conclusion I came to. This is something for your listeners today. If they get nothing out of today, get this one. There's no such thing as a wrong step. Hmm. Hmm. Unless it's illegal or immoral, but you weren't going to do that. What I say <laughs> is any step is better than no step. And when we take a step, God promises he'll grab us by the hand and we will not fall. God's just waiting for us, Bailey, to take the step. Mm-hmm. we have to take the step first. It's a faith step because we don't know where it's taken us. If you knew where it was taken, <laughs> there's no faith, all right? And so you actually have to take the step. But when you take that step, wow, God shows up. And so uh, then all I know is that um, it's an exciting way to live. I no longer call it scary. Yeah, because you know, I'm no longer fearful. See, it's the thing. So you can either be fearful or you can be faithful, but you can't be both at the same time. Mm, that's great. Because fear says, yeah, but Bailey, what if, what if that happens tomorrow? But faith says, yeah, but Bailey, what if that happens tomorrow? <laughs> same yeah, words, yeah. same exact words, but it's with an understanding, I'm going to trust God. And so that's the decision that I just came to all those years ago. And I've just tried to continue to keep it that way. I, I like things simple. As I say, I never finished school. You know, um, I'm not I'm not a qualified man, but I'm qualified in my experience of trusting God. Absolutely. And talk about for people that are listening, they hear that, and uh, you know, they they decided to trust God. What does that look like when you decided to step into your business after that that weekend, that conference? What did your yeah. What did that look like in your business? Um. As I said before, for me, what it meant was I actually quit one business. So I worked actually a third less. But I think what it did, it helped me to actually concentrate better. And I, and I just was probably, well, not probably, I became more profitable. I was actually just, I was just too thin. I was working, working on too many things. And, you know, um, and my pastor has a message called what's in your hand. And I know that we have that saying, you know, the grass looks greener, you know, from somewhere else, you know, but God just says, God made you a certain way, gave you a certain bent, gave you a certain amount of skills. And, you know, he just said, Andrew, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? So for me, you know, as I said before, I, I, I was a plumber and I knew nothing but construction. And, and so I remember sitting around with my wife and just said, well, how are we going to make more money? I said, well, okay, well, the plumber works for the builder and the builder works for the property developer. Who makes more money? He does. Let's do that. Yeah. That was about as difficult as it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I still tell people I'm a plumber. I just wear clean clothes now, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I stayed in my, in my level of expertise, you know. Um, 
Now, was there a whole lot more risk in becoming a property developer? Wow, huge more risk, you know. Um, but, you know, I've came to that conclusion that small risk, small money, big risk, big money, but calculated, calculable, of course, you know, as we said before, you know, putting your mm -hmm. due diligence in, you know. And, um, yeah, there's been plenty of uh, scary, exciting times along the journey. Um, but I have to say, Bailey, I remember, you know, I've been doing it now for 24 years, something like that. Um, yeah, I remember five years in, seven years in, nine years in, 10 years in, thinking to myself, is all this a bit of a fairy tale? Is this all going to end one day? Like I'm going to have to go back to being a plumber, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> and here I'm now 24 years in, I'm thinking, no, actually God's got this, you know? <laughs> but, but, that, but the cool thing about that meant is that I'm constantly, continually still taking the faith step. Um, all these years later, I'm still stretching, still taking the face step, still, you know, still that doing that. I mean, as I say, a lot of what I do now is about teaching people to, you know, to, to trust God and become a kingdom builder. But I'm still writing checks. I'm still giving. That hasn't stopped. Once you're a giver, you'll never stop. Once yeah, you become yeah. a conduit for that blessing to flow through, you never want to stop, mm. you know. Um, my own mission statement for our company is to, um, to create wealth through kingdom principles for kingdom purpose. There's nothing in there, Bailey, that says that Andrew and Susan can drive nice cars, live in a nice house, fly in the pointy end of the plane, go nice holidays. We have all that. We have all that, but that's a byproduct of putting God first. Hmm. Putting God first, and that's yeah. the that's the key. Yeah, you talked about in your book, uh, kind of your definition of obedience. And it says hearing the voice of God and living in response to that, talking about yeah. faith. And, yeah. and, you know, you just talked about your story and you can see that pattern as you continually trust God. And as you trust and you take that first step, he continues to say, okay, now I, I see what you're doing and you continually make those next steps and it grows and grows and grows. And I love the point, do, like the due diligence point, yeah. because you're taking a calculator risk. You're understanding what's in front of you. You're making decisions. And I'm sure plenty of times you're praying through those things. You're, you're asking God yeah. for wisdom and discernment. Totally. And, and that's a huge factor too, for those listening, whether it's business, your marriage, your, whatever it is, you're praying for wisdom and discernment and the decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I love, I love that the point you made about just take the next step, trust and take the next step and have obedience. Yeah. Um, and, and that's definitely showing up in your life as well. So also one thing that I wanted to touch on too is, is you had a spouse that was willing to confront some issues and, mm. and made you really think about some things that really altered the trajectory of your life and your business and your family and, and everything. And, and, and that uh, kind of that prophecy that you, you were told when you were really young and then having that aha moment like, wow, I understand that now when you're flying to Russia, that's pretty cool. But having, having a wife that was able to confront those things and talk to you about those and speak truth, but have a little bit of totally. grace at the same time is, is really critical. I, I know this Bailey, it's too hard to do this alone. Okay. And, um, if you're married, <laughs> you know, God gave you that spouse for a reason. And so I want to challenge your listeners here today. If you're married and you're not praying together every day, you're in trouble. 
I, I mean, you're in trouble. Um, my wife's ringing me on the phone right now, but, uh, <laughs> um, um, you know, it's, it's vital. It's vital that we pray together every day. I just know that the devil's going to do whatever he can to keep us separate. You know, when we, when you got married, you know, the, the minister would have talked about the three stranded cord and not easily broken. The three stranded cord is, is you, your wife and God praying together, communicating together every day and getting that Holy spirit hearing from the Holy spirit every day. And it's so vital. Now, if you've got single people listening to me today, you're not off the hook. In fact, even you need it even more so. If you're a single man listening to me today, can I encourage you? Find two other men you can pray with every day. Did I say every day? Every day. Single woman, find two other women you can pray with every day. All I know is it's a game changer. And, um, you know, set the goal for 30 days. Just say, I'm going to do this for 30 days. Too hard to do it forever. Just say for 30 days, okay? <laughs> with the understanding that the devil's going to throw everything, and I mean everything at you to make you stop. But I guarantee you in just 30 days, you'll see a change in, in everything. Hmm. And then, then set the goal for four months, 16 weeks, man. 16 weeks of praying every day with your wife. Here's what I know. It takes us, man, about 16 weeks to get in sync with our wife. And when, when you are both hearing from the Holy Spirit as clearly as whatever, you won't be able to hide it. You can have mates say to you, David, what are you doing? There's something different about you. I can't work out that. And you say, oh, that's simple. I pray with my wife now every day. Is it that blatant? It's actually that blatant. You'll be making better choices in your marriage, raising your kids, your finances, your health, so much so that people can't help but say there's something changed about you. Mm-hmm. And then when you do it for one year, you'll never stop. It's yeah. who you are. It's who you are. And it, I'm telling you, it is a game changer. Yeah. And once you do that, not only not only that, but also for parenting purposes, what you guys were doing as you were yeah. giving and, and generous is your kids were watching that. And so yeah. your example was was there for them as they grew up. Yeah. And so they, they were able to model that too. Uh, real quickly, kind of as we wind down, there's there's one thing I want to talk about more so on the implementation side of of uh, keys to trusting God. I've heard you say a few things. There's three keys to trusting God, and and one was is first to know Him. You talked about reading your Bible, the application of that. Number yeah. two, listen to Him, and then number three, believe God. So if you wouldn't mind, just kind of elaborate on those things real quick. Well, I think um, as much as as praying, you know, is um, so important for us to hear the Holy Spirit, you know, hear him better, you know. Oh, we're hearing aids these days because I'm a deaf old good, you know. <laughs> but I'm telling you, spiritually, though, my ears are attuned to hear from God because, and I believe that's because of praying with my wife. Part of knowing God, like, really, you want to know God? Read your Bible every day. And I don't, I don't just say read your Bible, tick the U version box, you know. I say read it with an absolute expectation God's going to speak to you today. Why? You need it. You're taking a faith step. Devil's attacking you. You need to hear from God today. So I, I encourage people. Most people don't read the Bible every day. Excuse me, because they don't follow a plan. Get a plan. I mean, how many plans is there? Just get, I tell people, get the one-year Bible. You know, you've got a bit of Old Testament, a New Testament, Proverb, and a Psalm every day. It takes 15 minutes. But that's not about it. It's about picking it up and saying, right, God, you know what? I'm not putting this sucker down until you speak to me. And I mean that, like, I'm just not putting it down. God, I want to get my verse, not the verse today, my verse. 
Okay. And then what I want you to do, share it. Who's the first person you share it with? Your spouse, obviously. But I'm going to encourage you, you know, guys, just start sending it to two mates. Many years ago now, I started sending my verse to two mates. After a couple of weeks, they thought, hey, Andrew, actually read his Bible every day. <laughs> Those same two gentlemen send me their verses now as well. I, I now actually have well over 60 odd people around the world that I send a verse to every single day. Firstly, boy, does that keep me accountable? <laughs> the 60 odd people every day, they don't get a verse from me. No, I didn't read my Bible. Yeah. But here's the cool thing. I know that they are doing that same thing. And so when you get the word of God out there and you get to know the word of God and you get to your spiritual eyes, your spiritual eyes can see and hear from the Holy Spirit. So you're hearing from the Holy Spirit from you with your praying. You're, you're getting to understand the, whole, you know, the Holy Spirit through the word. There's no better way there's it before than through the word. And it gets, it gets in you. And here's the thing. I get people send me verses from across the globe. You know, I've got a guy called Igor Belov in Russia who has to do it through a translator. A guy called Marcelio Carlos in Rio de Janeiro has to do it through a translator. But they send me their verses. Man, I just get up, wake up in the morning and there's all these verses from across the world, you know, and it just sows into your spirit, you know, and builds you up so much. And we need it, okay? We need it. But then the third thing I encourage people to do is to write down your dreams and goals. Habakkuk 2 says, write the vision down, make it plain, clear, concise, black and white. Actually, if the context is that it's so clear that you can read it riding on your horse, okay? No, I don't ride a horse, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, so, it's so clear. And all I know is this, when we are hearing from God, when we're seeing from God, we have a, we have a purpose direction. You watch what happens. You watch what happens in your life. It's a, it's a game changer. Yeah, it yeah, is a game changer. Well, as we yeah. wind down, we got a little fire round for you. So I'm going to say say a sentence and you can finish it off however you want to. Okay. You, you can do anything if. You can do anything if. Yeah, if, if you put God first. Perseverance is. Vital. Favorite travel destination. Queenstown, New Zealand. Focus is. Focus is so important for direction. Uh, your favorite kingdom builders experience. I'm, pro I'm sure that's probably broad and tough to pin down one, but do you have any favorites? And, you know, I, that beauty of me traveling around the world is I've met literally thousands of people. And I just love to hear the testimonies are ongoing testimonies. Um, it's funny, you know, you just, you know, you're from Tulsa and I just said before I've been to a ch churches in, in Oklahoma and I just got a, a, a message sent to me just yesterday, two years ago, since I was, since I've been there and this young couple was saying, cause I challenged them about praying together and reading their Bible and the whole thing. And he just started to tell me that, here we are, we just celebrated our second anniversary of never missing a day of praying together, the whole thing. And he said, I just want to tell you, Andrew, you, you, what you brought to us changed our life. Now, I get, I get messages like that every week from around the world, from you know people who I have met. I can't remember them, but they can certainly remember that the impact I had, that blesses me. That blesses me when I see you know, what it's done. and Because I just know, I know like I know like I know that when you do trust God, when you go all in, when you put him first, 
<laughs> you're going to live a blessed, exciting life because that's all God's looking for. He's just looking for willing participants. Those who are willing to put their hand up. When they put their hand up, God goes, fantastic, I can work with Bailey. Good, I'll, I'll work with him, you know? Yeah. That yeah. to me is probably one of my, I, I just, there's, there's no individual one. I go, I could tell you stories for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's an incredible story though. What an incredible story. Uh, mm. Your My mission is? My mission is to raise up kingdom builders across the globe. Awesome. Well, we're done with the fire round. You can breathe. So uh, the last two questions that we always ask is, is there a certain piece of best advice you've ever received? I know you've touched on a few things, but is there a certain piece of best advice you've ever received? Listen to your wife. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe, honestly believe, ladies, you're listening. I believe you ladies hear from the Holy Spirit much better than us, man. We're one dimensional guys. We're very good, very good at doing one thing at the one time. Don't ask us to do two. We're in trouble. But the ladies can do five and six and eight things at times together. And I just believe they hear from the Holy Spirit much better than us. And man, if we're not listening to our wives, I married 37 years this year. And I just know whenever I don't listen to her, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still, I still don't listen to her all the time and I still get, <laughs> I still make mistakes, but I just know that's a key one. If your wife's attuned to the Holy Spirit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I'm hoping, hoping they are, you know, because I just, uh, I certainly know with my wife, she's just, she's way more attuned than I am. Yeah. I'm pretty sure many men would agree with you on that. So. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> the women definitely will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Uh, this podcast is called Building Excellence. What does building excellence mean to you? I think we, sh why, sh why do things sloppy? Why do things poorly? It almost takes as much effort to do it poorly as it does to do it excellent. And um, so, you know, let's, let's do things right first time. You know, mm -hmm. do, to, to do the best you can do. Your excellent may, may not be the same excellence as somebody else. But do the best you can do. Don't, don't be half-hearted. You know, um, I, I, I just think that um, God sent his son who died for us. That was pretty excellent. And so I just think that we can, uh, we, we, we have to put the effort in and go for excellence. Yeah, giving your best at all times, for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Andrew... Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I didn't tell you, but my wife and I, we actually met in Australia on a study abroad trip and wow. we went to Brisbane and then we went to Sydney and we actually went to Hillsong when we were down there, but that's where we met. She's from, she's from uh, Oklahoma, but anyway, so that's, <laughs> that's our Hillsong connection there. Well, there we go. And Australia. Uh-huh. In Australia. And it was a track, it was a track taking the buses and the trains to get out, to get out the, the church. So we made it. So um anyway but uh thank you so much for doing what you do you know that's a powerful story of trusting god living an all in life and, and you know how you implement that and everything that you do not just your business not just your relationships but in everything and thank you wrote a book called kingdom builders i know we touched on it there's yes. so many great things in there and you were telling me before a little bit that you you have some materials that you're about to release out there for people to really kind of start applying yes. a lot of these principles can you talk yeah, about well, that real quick Totally over COVID, or you know, um, certainly in Australia down here, we've been, as you've been here, we're a long way from anywhere down under here, and uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't haven't stepped foot in a plane in over two years, and um, 
for someone who was spending 75% of his time traveling the world before speaking to churches, that just stopped. Now I have been obviously doing things on zoom and that sort of thing, but still not quite the same, but I realized that I needed to improve things and make things streamlined and everything. So I've put together what I'm calling a launch pack and it comes with six videos of me speaking. Um, and it's a study guide for the book as well. And, it, and basically it's, it's put together in a way that any pastor can get this launch pack and I'll show them a paint by numbers approach basically to how to launch their own kingdom builders in their own church without me coming. I mean, they get me on video per se, but, but not me actually coming. And, and I just know that it's going to be a, um, a massive blessing. It's going to impact way more places than I could ever get to in 10 lifetimes. Absolutely. So that's absolutely, coming out yeah. real soon. So keep an eye there, but I can only encourage people get the book, read the book. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic book. So definitely check it out. Um, Andrew, th thanks again for, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And thanks for your time today. Thank you. My pleasure, Bailey. Yep. Bless you, man. Hey everyone. It's Bailey miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show. And if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend, subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcast, writing a quick review or leaving a five-star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership, and legacy. Now, if you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's bailey at baileymiles.com. Follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Uh, once again, I'd love to hear from you, so definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.